Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. everybody welcome back uh this is michael cologne with mimosas with michael uh, a couple of new things i got a new headset because uh i'm doing this more and more and i had that really nice one. but now this one has a microphone so i feel all high tech and i have a plant behind me now because you know i want to make it feel all homey and stuff so this week i have a really cool guest his name is maxwell did i say that it's maxwell ivy right yes and you are known as the blind blogger right yeah and i you reached out to me because you wanted to be on the show, and I was excited because uh, I think you have a cool story, and I think people should should meet you. And uh, so, you know, I invited you to be on the show, and here we are. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, here we are. And I, I love how you're um, you're going out of your way to uh, to bring the audience into your space, and how you're progressing with the podcast, but also you're doing you're doing a really good job of of describing things to those people that are only going to be listening to this, which is kind of uh, good for people who are visually impaired, but something that most hosts don't, don't generally do very well naturally. So uh, I'm I'm impressed. That's a, that's a very good start, but it's a, it just shows that you really appreciate your audience, you know, that you, you know, most of them are going to be listening to it on their phone or, and even if they're watching it, they're going to be watching it on a small screen. So you should tell them what's going on. I like that. Yeah, well, like I said, um, th- I mean, this is a podcast. It's mostly audio, um, but you know, in the course of going through through COVID and stuff, um, I started doing it a little bit more online, so I could put it on YouTube and you know, Instagram Live. Um, I know you're having um, issues today with your with your camera, which is fine. Again, we can just talk, and and really, it's mostly just about people hearing your story. Right, and I think what we're doing now, you know, I've. Um like I, like I told you a few minutes ago, when you asked me um, if your camera was working, I said, well, I can't tell you if mine is working, so there's no way I can tell you if yours is working or not. So, yeah. So, yeah. And this is, this is basically how it goes. You know, you can, you can either decide to let the little, you know, minor setbacks keep you from enjoying the experience of having a conversation and posting it to encourage other people, or you can decide just the heck with it. We're going to do it the best we can do it today. And if people really want to uh, be entertained, educated, or inspired, they'll put up with the minor technical stuff. And one of the things I'm loving about Corona is all the big-time radio and television personalities who are having to struggle with the same kind of issues that us podcasters do every day and seeing how badly some of those you know, people making six figures are screwing it up on camera. That's just... It's really freeing podcast hosts to think, hey, if they can screw it up, then nobody will care when I do. Well, that's true. I, and it is becoming, after like four or five months, sort of like a new norm where people are just used to, you know, all of my nightly shows now and, and a lot of my, my news I watch. It's really just like two people sitting at a monitor jumping back and forth and sort of talking. And, you know, after like the last couple of months, it's sort of like, I'm kind of used to it now. I, I mostly because you know I've been podcasting for the last three years, so yeah, um, yeah. we're just all so, adapting. And because it's right. something we're going through globally, it's like we're all kind of adapting in this together, right? And hopefully, we will have the opportunity to adapt all over again in say six months to a year and a half when uh, this is either behind us or or at least controlled enough where we can live like it's pretty much behind us. Although. I I don't I I'm kind of hoping that a lot of the people that have been changed by Corona will continue to be more like the new person and less like the old one. Yeah, you I know? think I think that's a, 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 I mean I don't want to say anything good about this because of what we're going through is definitely di- very difficult. Um, but it is interesting how it is sort of teaching us a lot about who we are as a society, who we are as people, how we communicate with. You know, there's people that I I. I haven't talked to in so long that are just reaching out to check in and it's kind of nice because 
you know, for the first part, first part of the virus, we were all just sitting here, and it was just like, what do we do? Like, and the people were just like, hey, are you okay? Like, I was just thinking about you the other day, and and he's like, wow, it's really nice to like communicate with people I haven't talked to in so long. So there, that's sort of like one of the 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 positive drawbacks of this. Yeah, and you know. the other th- and one of the things I've been hearing from friends of mine that um, that are involved in uh, organizations are telling me that they are getting more attendance and more financial support since going virtual than they did when people used to have to get in their car and drive to a meeting and then drive back home afterwards. So there are some benefits to it. Most notably, is just changing our mindset and reminding us of what we're capable of and what's possible. If uh, if yeah. we keep our hearts and minds open, if we're willing to, you know, to just be okay, I don't care how silly this makes me look. This this works for me, you know. I, uh, I don't care if I'm going to fall on my butt. Uh, I'm not going to be the only one doing it because there's so many people trying things they haven't tried in a while or ever. So, but well, back yeah. to but but back to back to my story for people who don't know me yet. Um, I am known internationally as the blind blogger. I grew up in a family of carnival owners and all I ever wanted to do was to be in the business and someday run the Midway. And I actually did that along with my father for about 15 years. I did have to uh, find, find ways to overcome the fact that I was losing my vision and would eventually go totally blind. But, But we did that. I graduated from traditional high school and college and I'm one of the few blind Eagle Scouts. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, after my dad's death, the carnival, we couldn't keep it going. It went out of business and I needed something else to do. So I decided to start helping other people sell their surplus rides because I had just had to sell all of my rides because I no longer had a, a reason to own them. Yeah. And, you know, I started the Midway Marketplace, which was brand new to me. This was in 2007 before WordPress, Wi-Fi, or Facebook. And I had to learn so many things, including how to hand code HTML. Oh, wow. People st- yeah, people started talking about how inspiring I was that I kept overcoming obstacles and just finding a way to get to the next step that they wanted me to share more of my experiences being a blind entrepreneur. And that led to the blindblogger.net okay. where I do, I do share my experiences, things that have happened to me in my life, uh, either recently or in the past and the lessons I think people can take from those experiences. I've written four books, including my latest, The Blind Blogger's First Speaking and Signing Adventures, which just came out this week. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I've, Congratulations. Yeah, I, yes, thank you. I sent you a link to it, but I doubt you. I didn't think you would get it, you know, as you were preparing to do your interview. So uh, it's in your <laughs> inbox. But, you. uh, but hey, I know, you know, you got to get in the proper mindset before you press record. So I'm not worried about it. Well, I usually do. I'm really good at researching, but yeah, I think. You and I had some scheduling conflicts, and um, I mean, it happens. But yeah, I, knew, yeah. I knew you wrote books. I just, I just wasn't aware that it came out this week of the recording, by the yeah. way. This, yeah, this, of the recording. It was recorded in advance, so by the time people hear this, it'll have been out for a couple of weeks. So we'll definitely put a link down in the show notes so people can, can find it and look for it and, and find out more about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, in addition to that, I've been on over 200 podcasts. I've coached people to be podcast guests. I've gotten people – interviews on radio shows and TV. Uh, I've traveled the country solo, sung in public, shared my story on uh, at national conferences and local advocacy groups, and I got a little show called What's Your Excuse? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, yeah, right there. That's everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Every time I say it, I'm like, Max, are you sure you don't need to, you know, take a few of these things out of this because it's starting to sound – you know, tall tailish. You know. Uh, no, look, look. As we get older, you know, we've lived a life, and it's kind of like it's accumulation of things. You know, so I don't think it's a tall tale. It's just like it's it's like your life. It's the things that you've gone through. Yes. Yeah. I'm that, just that saying, sort of make who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely who I am. It's stuff I've gone through. It's things I've learned along the way. But being a Texan, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if some people hear me tell the story and they're like, man. You know, I've actually had a couple of people reach out to me. I've, I've actually had a couple of people reach out to me over the years who are like, you know, Max, I appreciate your story and all, but you depress me, man. Because I, I haven't done nowhere near as much as you have. And I'm like, well, if you want to get undepressed, do something about it. Start, what, do you, what can you do today, you know? You so, know, it's, that's so funny. Not, not, I mean, not funny, haha, but like, it's very interesting that they look at that as like, 
oh, I'm so depressed because of all the things you did, rather than like, because I tell people, I go, no, don't let it, let it depress you, let it inspire you, you know. Like I, you know, in my 20s, and I've told this story so many times if you listen to the podcast, so I'm just telling another story, but I'll just tell you that like in my 20s, I just kind of like, you know, putzed around. But when I hit 30 and I walked off my job, you know, um, I spent the last 15 years just so focused and kind of like you, like you, you, you hear my story now, you're like, wow, you did all that. And you, but the truth is, is like I started so much later in life than most people, right? So it's like, you know, I kind of, I kind of had to find my direction and I feel like that's what my twenties were good for. It's kind of like, I tried this, it didn't work. I mean, I knew I always wanted to be a writer and I knew I wanted to be a filmmaker and all these things, but it wasn't like, I didn't have the direction I needed because I needed to find those routes that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? So are you there? Uh Oh, well, we may have lost them, everybody. Okay, uh, everybody, we're back. We had a small technical, we had a small technical issue, but we are back. Um, welcome to the new age with internet and everything. Things happen. Uh, how are you? Do so you're good. You're back. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, okay. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Um, yeah. Go ahead. One of the one of the one of the difficulties with being uh, visually impaired is that um, everything I do, I have to have a screen reader tell me what's going on on the computer. Okay. So when I but when I'm doing an interview, there's no way to uh, to hear for me to hear it and you not to hear it. So I have to turn my screen reader off. So I'm basically oh. so I basically have no idea what's going on when it when it stops doing whatever it is it's doing. And um, in fact, I I've, I'm going to be looking into this. I know that at one time. Um, there was a company that made a split headset for the visually impaired where you could plug it into a computer and on one ear you would get the computer voice on the other end you'd get the person's voice. And that's one of, that's something I'm going to need oh. to check into because that would make things as a podcast host and guest so much easier. Yes. And it, it would Very probably good. be, it would probably be worth the additional cost because I'm sure it'll be more expensive than a regular headset because just about anything developed specifically for the visually impaired usually costs a lot more money. That is, that is so disheartening to hear. So yeah, yeah, but you know they will tell you that um, that it costs more money to develop things like that, and there's a smaller audience to pay for it once it gets to market. It still doesn't make it fun or or something you like to hear, but uh, they they can at least make a reasonable argument for it. I, I guess so, but yeah, it still is very disheartening to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's just like when we have discussions about uh, about big pharma and them getting the return on their investment for a new drug so but it's it's one of those things you live with and thankfully with apple at least you don't have to pay extra for third-party software to make it talk the oh well, that's uh, good yeah well, thank you and, thank you apple yes yeah they've been very helpful steve jobs many years ago decided that some at some point in the future the audience was going to uh was going to get a lot older and would appreciate being able to have screen magnification or mm -hmm. text-to-speech built into their devices. And that was before anybody realized how many sighted people would be using devices with, with speech on them. I mean, that was before GPS that talked to you became a thing. Yeah. He, he saw it way in advance and, and decided to embed that in the operating system. So not only is it part of the Apple from the beginning, uh, whenever they update the software, it doesn't cost me any extra to update my OS than it would somebody who doesn't need their computer to talk, which is really cool with Apple. Yeah, well, that's nice. I recently just, you know, I'm, I'm such a, like a, a PC and, and Android guy. I've been like that for a while, but um, I needed a new computer, and so I upgraded to the new Mac OS op, like, uh, Pro. Yeah. Cause I was like, I need like a power cause between like editing the podcast and I'm studying photography and I'm writing a lot and I'm doing movies. I was like, I needed a computer that was like very hardy, especially in the film industry. And then it was time for me to upgrade my phone. And I was like, well, damn it. I already have an iPad that I use on set. So I might as well get an iPhone. And now it's like, Oh, and I have the Samsung watch. And I was like, I kind of need the watch. I mean, it's just like, if one doesn't get you, <laughs> the other one will. But I like, but I, being part of the PC and then like, Android world is I like that everything Google talks to each other. I like that because, you know, I travel, well, I did, I traveled a lot for work and it's very nice that like everything talks to, to, so, you know, you kind of pick up where you leave off and that's what I like about the Apple world. So it's like, if, 
it's either way. I'm going to either do it through Google or I'm going to do it through Apple. But at least yeah. with Apple. But I wish someone had told me. And my friend kept telling me, he goes, ah, eh, you'll like iMessenger. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I'll like iMessenger. But, like, I had no idea how much I would be obsessed with, like, iMessenger. <laughs> like, I was like, the things you can do with it are so – like, right. I have so many friends that use Apple. And I just I just didn't know, right? And, like – between like my computer and my like, I'm obsessed with it. Like, there's little stickers you can use. You can send scripts and small movies. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's closed. Yeah, yeah. little and did I other, know that it was like you can send like money to yeah. people or. I was like, what? <laughs> like I'm not. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not un unaware of the world. It's just like you know when you live in the one sort of like lane, you forget. Like it's just so. Anyway, we didn't. We you we didn't have a yeah. podcast to talk about this. I, yeah, I, yeah, but well, you know, you know, it's an interesting side bit. Um. I'm actually in the process of purchasing a Windows computer through the local Rehabilitation Commission because um, in my work of promoting people online, I'm wanting to actually start getting uh, contracts from, you know, more traditional businesses as opposed to creative entrepreneurs. And they all, they all use Microsoft Office. They all use Google Mail. They all use things that I'll have to have a Windows PC in order to provide the information in the place they want it or in order to get their oh. information where I need it. So it's yeah. a vicious, it's a vicious thing. It's, you know, just like a gamer pretty much has to have a, a, a PS4 and a Nintendo. It's pretty, and some of them have still have to have a computer, a gaming computer, uh, for people that are doing what we do, creative entrepreneurs and service providers, you almost have to have, uh, Apple and, and Microsoft in somewhere. So you're, Samsung Watch will probably stay with you a while because it gives you one place where you're still tapped into Windows if you need to be, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is I, I – so I took – because my, my PC – well, I have like a, a Windows-based tablet, a little Samsung tablet. So um, – and it's a, it's an awesome computer, but I actually am recording on it now. So I strictly leave the, the um, Windows PC for my – for to record the podcast and it's kind of like I edited on this and then I can take everything else on my so it's separate but in that sense just because it makes it easier I don't want to overwhelm one over the other but right. um, it is interesting how like I guess whatever industry you're in requires the tools that you need everybody right. in film uses a Mac and I like I said I have an iPad that I use for set specifically but now that I'm like it's just interesting how they all talk to each other. It, uh, it's just fascinating. It's all, it's all wonderful stuff. Right. And the most important thing for a filmmaker or for somebody who edits film or other, other content is you can basically come to a pause on your Mac and then pick it up on your tablet while you're traveling and pretty much be in the exact same space with the exact same changes and really not have to even – you know, skip a beat, as they say, to continue editing it. And then when you're through or when you're through recording, all that content is also available on your Mac when you get to a point where you, where you, where you have time to sit down and use the, the, the bigger computing power. Exactly. Maybe do some things you couldn't do on the tablet. So it's really cool the way you can, you know, it really makes the workflow pro- process uh, smoother that way. So uh, really, and, and like... Well, so that's probably going to be good for you too, uh, you know, just being like you're a podcaster and a blogger and, and all that stuff. So it's nice to have that because we're not limited. Like you don't have to sit – well, I do now because of the quarantine, but you don't have to sit in your room or your house constantly. Like I, like I said, I travel a lot for work. I've recorded this podcast in hotels in other states and other places. So, you know, I like I like that sort of mobility now. Like I spend a lot of money on technology. People always laugh at me like you always have to upgrade. And I said, well, because I try to stay – the industry is always changing. I have to change with it. And just because I'm older doesn't mean that I can't understand and learn. Right, right. right? I, totally, I totally get that. And, you know, um, I've only recorded two podcast episodes so far while traveling. Uh, one of them was in a person's house. The other one was in a hotel room. But one of my goals for the oh, future, fun. yeah, one of my goals for the future when Corona is over is I want to go out and uh, start meeting people in person. I want to do some uh, some on-location it's uh, uh, interviews yeah. where I can where I can really you know do the behind the scenes stuff you know have a meal with somebody follow them to their work or their passion you know and really get a sense of their more a sense of their life than you can with the podcast and then have like a you know the actual interview that will go up on the what's your excuse feed 
but then also but then also having a bunch of you know like three five minute content that you can you can use to bring people in and promote what you've just done and allow people to really uh get to know your guests and yeah. and you know just to to see that it is that these people aren't just the person they want you to see when the record button is on yeah but you know really try to find people that you know that are living their message like i do like you do and uh give people a chance to see those people and how they go about that life as a as a better way of making the case that we're all just doing the best we can and the yeah. most important thing you can do is to take some sort of action every day towards whatever your goal is well, and this is why I did mimosas with Michael because, you know, what I liked about the well, first of all, I love the alliteration. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, yeah. But the other thing is um, what I find fascinating is, is you, you know, like when on a, on a Sunday morning you go and have brunch with your friends and you just catch up over mimosas. And that was kind of like what I wanted the theme of the show to be was just like two friends talking over mimosas. Now, it was great when we first started because I could actually have people in the <laughs> studio – um, and I, I borrowed a friend's studio at the time because I was just starting out. But we actually, I would actually serve mimosas if people drank. Um, very little. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like that. But it was just like a way for us to like break the ice, and we'd clink glasses, and it was just like this is how we're starting the show. So that sort of like energy of people talking in person, I loved. So I, I, I think having that is very visceral in the sense that you, there's an energy you can feed off of each other. So that's what I like about using the the sort of you know software we have now where even though we can't be in the same room i can see you and you can hear and i can hear you and it can kind of feel like we're together yeah i know this yeah. is this is one of those yeah yeah but you know it's it, the point is it's about the energy it's about the connection yes. it's about yes. the relationship building that we can do yeah because you can't get this from a facebook uh message you can't get this from a twitter chat you can't get this from a linkedin group this is something you can only get by picking up the phone or getting on Zoom or Skype or somewhere where you can connect with one, two, three other people yeah. and have an actual conversation about things you're passionate about or things you're curious about uh, and maybe things you things that you can help each other with, uh, you know, problem solving, that sort of stuff. But the energy level, and that's one of the things that when I, when I talk to my students about why they should be doing these interviews and why mm -hmm. uh, they're important, to me – yeah, uh, sharing your story, reaching the new audience is, is great. Uh, building the relationships that can lead to other opportunities, that's really high up there on my list. Yeah. But to me, the number one thing, and the reason that I, when I, I thought this morning, Max, uh, 12, uh, 2 o'clock, that's not early enough. The reason, I, the reason I do this is the emotional value. I would do this whether it was whether I was promoting anything or not because I yeah. just enjoy the conversations, the sharing of stories, the interaction between people we've never met before now. And yeah, it would be great if we had a, mo a mimosa or a latte or a craft beer or something. But yeah. you know, we do what we can. So the emotional value, the energy level boost uh, that you get. I just wrote a post today about my latest book coming out, and one of the things I mentioned in there is while I had to cut back on a lot of things to find the time to finish the book. One of the things I didn't cut back on was podcast interviews because they help with your energy level to push yeah. through a difficult challenge like, you know, finally publishing a book that you've been working on for three years. Well, not only that, but I think a lot of people are are probably much more alone now, unless you live with people in this time. And I think just people's mental mindset is probably like, there's a lot of uncertainty right now um, in, in the U.S. You know, we don't right now, not a lot of states are, are opening or if they were, they're closing. So, you know, there's just there's so many things right now that I think are, people are really concerned about. And so having having these moments where you can sit and talk to people and feel connected, I think is, is probably bigger than ever. Oh, yeah, it's you know? definitely true. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing the effects of physical isolation and how the ones that are dealing with it successfully are doing that by reaching out to other people, either by calling their neighbors or or uh, yeah. or, or standing outside on their porch or uh, going online. But you know, we've had, especially in, among creative entrepreneurs, you know, like filmmakers, podcasters, musicians, there's always been this sense of emotional and creative isolation. 
that a lot of people never really understood. You know, well, you're not alone. There are other people in your house. You go to work. There are all these people in your life. But, but creatively, yeah. professionally, the thing that they loved most, they had a sense of isolation. Like it was us against the world and nobody understands what the heck I'm trying to do or why. And most yeah. people, most of them don't think I'll ever be successful at it because to them, success means I make enough money to quit my job and tell my boss to go, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So this, we've had this, this problem with creative isolation, which I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to claim that as a new term. But now, but I, like now it, I like it. But now, you know, we've got this physical isolation that's allowing so many people to understand what people like me and you and millions like us have been going through for years as we try to write a book or record an album or make a movie. Yeah, like, and it's kind of true. Like, when I write, I have to be isolated just because I have to focus. But when I'm not writing, I can, I can go out, go go out of the house. I can, I can have lunch with a friend or go see a movie. And I think because now that that's sort of limited, and it's like people are realizing it's like, oh my god, not only am I like I'm we're alone. Dare I say? So it it is sort of like I said, it's an interesting mental mindset. And I sometimes I have to keep that in mind when I'm talking to people. I'm like, how are you? And like, are you okay? are such commonplace questions right now amongst people because it is very scary. And there's, I'm going to, I'm going to be legit honest about this. There are days that it is hard that I want to be creative and I just feel so isolated and alone. So there's times that it's hard and I, I have to own that as a creative. I think other people have to own that as a creative, you know, it's, I can work from home because I have done it when I'm not on set. I'm, I work from my desk. I, I have to create and write and follow up. But man, it's hard to be do. It's hard to do that all the time. Yeah, you know, it is. You kind of just think, go through these waves. Yeah, and I think we're sharing some some immortal truths here, and that is, even successful people sometimes feel isolated or feel uh, un- feel unworthy of their talent or their or the uh, the the outside world's opinion of their talent. Um, it's not something nobody is always a hundred percent on or positive, although. Some of us are better than others at finding the positive and getting reoriented reorient yeah. to that. But, you know, this, this whole idea of, you know, the, the belief that so many more people are successful than really are because they only show you the positive side. The, the idea that if I'm not killing it all by myself, there's something wrong with me. There are so many of these yeah. myths, myths out in the world of cr- creative entrepreneurship that are holding so many people back because it's like, Man, I've been at this five years. I'm still not making seven figures. There must be something wrong. There must be a failure. Uh, or I'm, yeah. doing, I'm doing really well with my with my podcast, but I have an, I have to have an editor and a and a social media person and somebody to find my guests. I'm doing really good, but man, I should. Why do I have to have all this help to do this good? You know, there are so many of those things out there that are holding people back. The truth of the matter is, none of us are always as good as we as we want to be, or as people think we are. Yeah, none but it's just a reason to keep striving to be better. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, which yeah. I think is, is the definite. Because oh, since we're on the topic, what would be your definition of success? Well, one of the first things I wrote in the first book I published, "Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light," what a blind man's inspirational guide to success is. It doesn't matter what I think success is. The important thing is. You have to decide what success looks like for you. And, of course, the biggest problem with that is most people are basing their idea of success on other successful people. So, uh, for me, when I published my first book, my idea of success was just publishing the book. Just getting yeah. it out in the world and having it, one person buy it and another person tell me how good it was. You know, I, yeah, uh, and tell other people to buy it. And, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now I'm on yeah. my fourth book and I'm, and I'm openly willing to admit, you know, I'm not going to see myself as a failure if it isn't a bestseller, but I want it to be a bestseller. I want to get to that hundred book review plateau that, you know, tells Amazon and, and the other folks that, that you're, that you're somebody, you know, I want to get to yeah. that. Now I won't consider myself a failure if I don't get there. But to me, it generally comes back to uh, how many people have I helped is, you know, because one of the main reasons I share my story is to encourage and inspire other people and let them see and let them see that if Max can do it, anybody can do it because, Hey, I'm just a fat carny kid from Houston, Texas <laughs> who, who had no skills, no money, no experience, no equipment. And, you know, so many other things against me, but here I am 13 years later, six years since starting the blind blogger.net 
and people know me around the world. I have followers online, and I've I've been, I've reviewed and endorsed uh, products. You know, I've I have people who are sponsoring my podcast. They're not paying crazy money yet, but they are investing in me and my show. And so that's a big thing right there. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. Um, a lot of podcasters are. Uh, won't reach out to potential sponsors because they think they have to get hundreds or thousands of dollars for it to for it to work. But sometimes it can be a hundred dollars, or sometimes it can be a regular supply of some product or service that you personally need, and it might save you. Well, it might save me, you a good I'd chunk be, of money. Exactly. I'd just be happy if like Don Perignon wants to give me you know <laughs> a, a champagne every time I record. That's, that'd be yeah, great for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But it's a great goal. <laughs> But hey, here's something. To, here's something that. Yeah, it's a great goal. I love it. I think mimosas and Michael should be sponsored by Dom Perignon, and I'm gonna I'm gonna post that on Twitter. We're gonna okay. we're gonna make that happen. Michael and mimosas sponsored by Dom Perignon. If it's not Dom, if not Dom, then there's you know there's hundreds of oh of course of yeah. other and we'll just start we'll just start reaching out to some of them. And go look, uh, Dom Perignon. <laughs> Don Perignon is thinking about sponsoring the Michael Mimosa with Michael program, but we would really like to support a local, uh, sustainable, you know, just throwing whatever adjectives you want to make it sound like you'd rather work with somebody from the U.S. as opposed to Dom, and somebody will give us, somebody will give you money. You just have to frame it in the right way. Tell, us, tell them a story. It doesn't, I'm not saying lie to them. I'm saying tell them a story. My dad used to say that where he grew up, every guy hunted and fished. And he said the one thing you always wanted to have when you left the house is a story for the game warden. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. That's good to know. So I, I so like tell, tell them a story. I, hey, that's what I do. I help people find their stories and help them tell their stories because here's the thing. I'm a storyteller, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. You didn't book me because of, because of me. You didn't, you didn't say, Max, I'll, have you, I'll let you come on my show because of my books or my podcast or any of this stuff. You wanted me to come on your show because of my story. And that's the way it is for yeah. everybody. Your opportunity comes from your story or to steal from Robin Roberts, your message, your message, or it should be. Yeah. So, so I'm all about getting people to tell stories. So, you know, if you want Dom Perignon to sponsor this show, and I love, for you, love you for saying that out loud, I tend to have a, a, an ability to, to either notice those things or get hosts to actually say them without thinking about them, maybe the things that yeah. – Maybe they never said out loud before. Is this the first time you've ever said mimosas with Michael by Dom Perignon? I mean, I've been saying it from the beginning because I think it'd be kind of cool. But what I, I just mean, like, I mean, I would love for people to give me money. I never want people to. <laughs> I, I mean, we all. It, we, we, do, you you know, even, do you even it, like Dom Perignon, or do, or have you have you had it to where you would know? I've had it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, start I like Ritzy, start with a I, start I with a re life. start with a review on their website and tag your own podcast in the review. Okay, I like that answer. I'm doing it. That's one. You always remember the best way to the best way to come to the attention of people is to solve their problems, answer their questions, or do something they need doing. So I'm oh, sure great, I love that quote. That's great. So Dom Perignon, I'm sure that even though they are the name brand, the Cadillac, Mercedes, Lamborghini of fine champagne, uh, I'm sure they could use another review, especially if you tag your show and then asked your followers of your social media accounts to promote the heck out of that particular review of their exactly. product. Then you go from there to, uh, Hey guys, y'all should sponsor the show or Hey guys, y'all should send me whatever your latest vintage is for me to review it for my podcast. You know, yeah. that's where you go from there. So I love it. Well, thank and, you hopefully, for that. and hopefully people are starting to get some ideas, um, from, you know, this example we just did working on getting Michael the most. And by the way, if they start writing you checks, I will give you my PayPal account for my 10%, okay? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, I am the guy I am a guy who's known for saying if you don't ask, they can't say yes. I do a lot of asking. I recently oh, I had agree. a I agree. I, re I recently had a friend on LinkedIn uh, introduce me to a friend of hers. She start this is this is was her introduction introduction to her friend. She okay. said, meet Max Ivey. He's a great podcaster and blogger who happens to be blind. He has a wonderful story. He wants to meet you. Now, I'm not sure what he wants from you, but I know he wants something, and I'll be curious to see what it is that he asked for, because I guarantee you it will, be, it will be entertaining, and both of you will have a great experience as a result. 
Well, that's all that matters. I love that. That was that was what she told her friend on LinkedIn. I'm like, I'm not sure if that's a really great inter- introduction to me because it kind of makes me sound like I'm a desperate, needy person who never does nothing but ask for stuff for me or other people. I guess that's but, a fair assessment. <laughs> but but there, the thing about that is though is what do I do? What have I done for the last few years that's man that's allowed me to to keep myself going between you know book sales and speaking fees and that sort of stuff? I have asked for stuff for other people and they have hired me to get them on podcasts or to reach out to sponsors or to, uh, or to call companies for, for potential uh, clients of their service. And I haven't always been successful, but you know, over the years I've learned that no, is it painful? It doesn't, it doesn't hurt me for somebody to say no. And I'm great. At, I'm, I'm great at it. That's I, just true. Go on to the, I just go on to the next. Yes. I just wait for the next person who's going to be perfect to say yes. And I just keep going. But uh, so it's it's become a thing. It started when I when I did the bookings for the family carnival, and I got told no a lot because we had a small carnival and everybody else had two or three times as many rides as we did. Yeah. Uh, you know, then as a podcast, I tell you, I was actually shocked when I started sending out emails seven years ago to podcast hosts asking them if I could come on their shows. I was actually shocked that very that almost nobody said no, and there were even a few hosts who basically were like. I don't know who you are or why you think you should be on my show, but I've read your story and I have to have the blind blogger on to find out how the heck somebody that's blind has a blog. I mean, look, it worked. It works. I, yeah. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It continues to get me. It continues to get me bookings, the carnival life, the <laughs> running a brokerage website, building my own website, you know, all these things go into my story. And here's the cool part. Every single person watching us or listening to us, uh-huh. They have they have just as good a story as I do, if not better. The difference is, is I got a list. I know all this stuff. I may not remember it all, but I got a list in my head. This yeah. is the stuff I've done. This is what I learned from it. Most of the people that are thinking to themselves, well, I couldn't ask Mike to be on this show because I don't have a great story like Mike. The truth is they do. They just have to sit down and make a list. Think about all the things you've accomplished in your life no matter how big or small, think about what went into you accomplishing those things. Think about what's unusual or unique about you. For example, uh, before my, my, my late uh, mindfulness coach, Miss Penny, the Wonder Dog, passed away, I actually used to get booked on podcasts because people wanted to know about the dog because here's, <laughs> how, I, yeah, I, here's how I described Miss Penny. I said, Miss Penny... Or it said Max like Max is can usually be found working along with his sidekick Miss Penny, uh, part Greyhound, part Dalmatian, or as he likes to refer to her, a Greymation. <laughs> and that line got me booked on three podcasts. You know, um, I love so, it. So there's things like that. I uh, my my uh, my editor Lorraine regularly of Wordingwell, who has helped me with my books. She's also helped me with my website. Without her, there probably wouldn't there probably wouldn't be four books. There might be one, but it would have been none of them would have been as good without her. Because she just makes me better, as opposed to you know, she doesn't take my voice out. She just makes me uh, makes my story uh, clearer. Helps helps me be more me. Um, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, and you know, without the books, uh, I was going to say something, and I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, oh yeah, she said, Max, you got to put some fun facts in your personal bio so people will, will know you're a real person and they'll want, to, they'll want to talk to you. So I put down that I, one of the things in there is that I like to sing. And in the first year after I got serious about, uh, about using podcasts to promote myself, I had 10 shows who asked me to sing during the interview as part of the podcast. And, and what, what would you and, sing? Uh, well, I sang The River by Garth Brooks. I sang Angels Among Us by Alabama. I sang uh, uh, a song called Buckaroo by Donna Jean Foster from Pennsylvania. I've sang uh, uh, One Good Well by Don Williams, just country and pop songs that I've learned o- over the years that I used to sing going up and down the road, and they've, you know, they're in my head. And, yeah. uh, and the funny thing is is, is I, I have this friend over in the U.K. who is a performer, and, and he's – He's played in front of three to 5,000 people at a time. And every time he hears that I've done a podcast where I sing acapella and I sing live on podcasts, he's like, Max, you're nuts. There's no way I would do that. That's just way too scary. And I ask him, wait a minute. Now, you sing on stage in front of three to 5,000 people, 
and you would be scared to sing on a podcast with just one other person actually hearing you at the time? He said, yeah, that's scary. I'm like, Because okay. it's more intimate. It's very intimate. Well, maybe. Or maybe it I'm just comes you. Down, It could be. Or maybe it just comes down to something that I've been very lucky with, and that is a lot of the time I just don't realize how big a deal the stuff I'm doing is. I don't realize how scary stuff is. I Actually, I have this phrase, and some people like it. Most people hate it. I tell people I'm not smart enough to be scared. Oh, well, I... And some people think it's negative, but other people have said, you know, Max, what you're saying there is you have a wide-eyed, wondrous, childlike approach to everything that you go through in the world. I love it. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but I like the way I say it better. I, you know what? I love it. I think it's a great way to, like, just to, to close out the show because we have hit our hit our mark, but I think there's true. I'm sorry about that. No, why? I thought the Bosco <laughs> was great. You're very you're very easy to interview. You you clearly yeah. have done this before. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I, pre- find- I appreciate that, but I understand. You know, going over means editing. It means more work for you. So if, I hope I didn't create any work for you. And, and I've had a great time too. No, no I listen, I mean, this has been one of my. It's been one of my most fun interviews in a long time. Well, you thank know, one, you very much. Yeah. Well, one, because we seem to have just clicked from, you know, from the, from the technical difficulties. And the other thing is we didn't just talk about this stuff about me. You know, we talked about computers and, and voice on computer. You know, we, we talked about some other things that weren't necessarily so focused on me and my story. And oh, well, that's I what I like that's about a good the show reminder. Is- I want it to be or very organic in that sense because, you know, I mean, I'm learning a lot of new stuff. Like, I didn't know anything about, you know, the voice-activated stuff because I can see. So it's something that I just take for granted. So it's very fascinating to hear that, you know, what I'm saying? the perspective yeah. that you have on yeah. on just everyday mundane things in my life or are things that you have to adapt to. I find that so fascinating. Yeah, and the fact that I have to adapt to them, though, puts me in a position where – to me, a lot of that stuff is more of an experience than it is to, yeah. to, to you. To, to th- things that are mundane to you and a lot of people have, have become experiences to, uh, to me, whether they were in- oh, no. enjoyable or not at the time, because yeah. it takes me to go through them, I think they, they become more valuable and I savor them more than a lot of people who can see things do. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I, I tell people the show is like 30 minutes, but I mean, I've had some episodes <laughs> that go 45 because I don't I don't want people to feel limited in, in, in what they need to say. Um, I just know that 30 minute shows normally just feel better because people can, can yeah. sort of give 30 minutes. But look, if our show is 45 minutes, it's 45 minutes. I don't need to edit. The only thing I have to edit is, is there's that one moment where um, we had a computer glitch. So I just need to cut out that part where, you know, yeah, well, yeah. that it's it's. Okay. But I don't really because I love to me I love the sort of organicness. It feels real. We're just having a conversation. That's what people do when they're having mimosas. So that's what I wanted mimosas <laughs> with Michael to be. Yeah, and one so, of these days, one of these days, I'm going to be in your town, and we're going to have some mimosas, and uh, and I'll get to help, and I'll get to say sponsored by Dom Perignon or yes, whoever else is smart enough to sponsor your podcast. I'm fine with the local place. Look, I love supporting local businesses. So if there's a local business. I'm totally down. I'm never, I don't ever think that I just need, I just like to think big. You know what I'm saying? You got to start from oh, yeah. the top and go there. Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing. The fact that you feel like you deserve to be sponsored by Dom Perignon is the kind of attitude that's going to bring you to the attention of one of these other local or national companies. And well, thank you. It, it could be that a local company is willing to pay you, you know, three or four figures a month to sponsor your podcast. And that could be a great relationship with you because here's the thing that a lot of people don't 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 get because way too many people are focused on six and seven seven figures. To me, a small amount of money that I can depend on coming in every month mm-hmm. has a lot of value. Well, you know, and I'm also like I'm a, a filmmaker. lot of value. I'm a filmmaker, I'm a writer, director, you know, I, I also have a small vlog that I do every once in a while. So it's not like, this is, it's, it's like, this just another part of my brand that just people, I, I want people to, it's not that they're investing in the podcast specifically, they're investing in my brand. So it's yeah. like, it kind of That's pushes exactly. out everything. That's exactly it. That I had to have this conversation, I've had to have this conversation several times this year with, with people who have been in the podcasting game or the, or the radio game a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. And I've had to explain to them, look, people aren't sponsoring my podcast. They are investing in my podcast. They yeah. are investing in themselves, my show, and my story. 
and they are gambling that my people, however many of them there are, and there's between 50 to 75 people that listen to, that listen to every episode, they're gambling mm-hmm. that my people are going to return that investment to them. And they're also, they're also betting on me. They're betting on the fact that a year from now, the show could have 500 downloads or 1,000 mm-hmm. downloads. They're, you know, a year from now, my social media platform could be more extensive. But I tell you, I've had people get really just feisty mad at me because I have, I've, I have sponsors for the podcast, and they're like, you don't have the numbers yet. You shouldn't be getting – nobody should be paying you money. But I reached a, out to – crazy found, mindset. It is. It is such a crazy mindset. And, but I've found people who want to invest in my podcast. Uh, I, I've, I continue to find people who will do that either with cash or with products or services. And, you know, the old Ben Franklin thing, a penny saved is a penny earned. Well, if, if somebody right. can provide something that I use every month that saves me, that saves me $100 or $200 or $300, well, if somebody does that, I am all in with them. And, by the way, they're investing. They believe that at some point, my show, at some point, Michael and Mimosas, if somebody's smart enough to sponsor you with some, with some wine or some champagne, excuse me, yeah. uh, they're, they're, betting, they're betting on you and your story. They, they're investing that, yeah. that you're going to continue to do the work. And, of course, you, know, you have the added bonus because with you being a filmmaker and a writer, uh, and you have the opportunity to create content that's going to expand your brand in a way that I can't. So the, the sky is, the ceiling is very, is very high for both of us. But I mean, exactly. just think about, just think about, go, just think about making this case. You, uh, you speak to Dom, to Dom Perignon or whoever. I don't know any of the smaller brands because I don't drink champagne except maybe once a year. Yeah. Um, and you, you offer them the, what about the possibility of sponsoring a podcast plus product placement in my next movie? What would that be worth to you? There you go. I love it. So, so you got to think, yeah, you got to think like that. It's, it's always got to be something. It's got to be a win-win on both sides, to, I feel like. Yeah. You have to be willing to add value and you have to be willing to ask because that's the, that's the whole thing. They're not going to show up and tell you that they're, that they're interested in your show, that they've been watching your show, or that they think you'd be a good fit for them. No, you have to, t- you have to ask them. You have to explain it to them. You have to make. You have to tell the story and make the case. I will say this, and then we can close out. Um, there's nothing truer about that. Earlier this year, I started photography because I was traveling so much last year, and I wanted to take better pictures. So I invested in a camera right at the beginning of the year. Right. So yeah. I went to Vegas and started taking pictures with my with my dad and my friend, and then I went to Mazalan with my roommate for our birthdays, and I was taking pictures there. Um, I was going to take pictures in Europe and everything, but sadly, my father and I had to cancel our trip because of the virus. But then, because of that, I was I took pictures wherever I went. I took small road trips throughout the day. I mean, on the weekends, and I would just take pictures anywhere. And then I have so many friends that are models, and I said, "Look, can I please just like take pictures of you so I could learn how to use my camera and stuff?" And my friends are like, "Yeah, I'll do it. Like, I need pictures, and you're my friend. I want." And you know, solving, what's so funny? solving problems. And here's the thing, I. I have a friend who is a tennis player and I wanted to to do more action shots and I said, "Hey, let's let me take pictures of you and uh, and our friend playing tennis because we we had did a tennis film earlier, a tennis web series earlier last year." I my manager said, "You know what? Let's just ask Fila to see if they'll give you product." And they'll probably <laughs> keeping in mind that they're probably going to say no. I said, "Fair uh... enough." But I pitched him. I said, "Look, I'll I'll do a behind the scenes thing, and, and and we'll we'll show off your product because I've you know I'm a filmmaker. My friend has a camera. We can shoot everything, you know, make it look beautiful. And I'm gonna tell you something. They came back and said, "Yeah, what do you need?" And they sent me four hundred dollars worth of product to give to the models just to shoot. I said, "Look, I'm a photographer. I'm new. I'm and they and the pictures turned out great. The video turned out great. And I all I had to do all I had to do was ask. And all I had to do was say no. But they said yes. They proved me." They love the pictures. They have since promoted them online. They're a part of an article. Um, the pictures I took in Vegas were reposted by one of the um, one of the casinos out there on Fremont Street that they used it for President's Day. Right. You never know until you ask. This is all okay. Now to follow that up, this the feel of being happy with your work. The Vegas people—that's all what we call social proof. You need to yeah. gather that together in a place where you can you can uh, you can put that all in one place. And so when you reach out to Dom, you can say. See what we've done already? Just imagine what we can do for you. Yeah, you got to create that uh, portfolio page, but it's a special page just just for the work that that you've done. That's oh, it's there. Uh, that's been appreciated. 
Yeah. <laughs> I go, it's all there, I promise. I mean, yeah, I, but I, I mean, you have to make it easy for these people to find just what they need, you know. So you need like a separate page of what just the tennis stuff and, and just the uh, the Vegas stuff. Because well, it's all there, these guys, I promise. Yeah, you just need to make make it easy for them so they don't have to look for what they need. You know, that's exactly. that's all. But then, you know, you've been doing this a long time. I'm sure you know that stuff with your website. Your website's probably better than mine. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to providing people information and where and putting it where they need it, which you know people can go to the blindblogger.net and find anything they need about me. Perfect. But but I tell you, this has been great. This has been kind of off the rails at sometimes, but that's kind of that's kind of our brands if you think about it. Well, 2020 is off the rails, so you know it's it's perfect. It's perfect. So the blind the uh, the blindblogger.net that's where people can find yeah. you. They can reach yeah. out to you. Um, Please check him out. Please read his blog. Reach out to him. Please read his book. Support this guy. Yeah. You guys, we all have to support yeah. each other. We're all just trying to make it work. Um, I really, Maxwell, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and just like letting it go wherever. It was a lot of fun. It was. It was. And, I was, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm serious. I'm serious. Someday Corona is going to be behind us and I'm yep. going to be re I'm going to be reaching out to pastors and I'm going to be saying, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in your area. Um, where can I stay? Where can I eat? And when do we record? I would definitely, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do a follow-up uh, interview. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I think it will too. All right, you, thank you, you so much. Yeah, take care. Be safe. I wish you well on the book, and um, please keep in touch. Okay. All right. Thank you. You stay safe as well, and you keep in touch as well. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is Michael Cologne with Mimosas with Michael and my guest Maxwell Ivy, um, theblindblogger.net. You can find this podcast on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere um, you can find podcasts. We're also going to be on YouTube and Instagram Live. I mean, not Instagram Live, Instagram TV. Um, so please feel free to, to post and share and reach out to Maxwell and, um, and comment. Thank you, everybody, so much, and uh, have a great year. <laughs>